It's time for this week's Fighting Illini Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential Show here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Tonight's in-depth look at area high school basketball is powered by the Army ROTC at the University of Illinois, developing in students the skills they need to lead themselves and others to success. Now, here are your hosts, Colin Likas and Jim Rosso. Oh, happy Monday night. This is Jim Rosso checking in, working with Dave Leak right now. Matt Daniels on the way. Colin Likas, our host, he's on the road tonight. And there's a good reason, because the Monticello Sages are tipping off as we speak. Right now, 6 o'clock. I know Dave Leak's all excited. They're over in Springfield. I am excited. This is the final U of I Army ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential. For that, we are sad because we've loved the run we've uh, we've had this season, but we're also glad because we're ending on a high note. As we said, the Sages are playing right now. Colin's going to check in from the road at halftime. He'll give us a live report from Springfield. But we also have some other cool guests. Mark Shagnon, he's a, uh, you know him as a longtime basketball coach, right, at the middle school level, at the high school JV level. He was an assistant on Centennial State Champs. Well, this week he's going to be a host so uh, visit Champaign County has lined up sev- 17 hosts to host 16 teams, which uh, we'll know uh, by the end of the night. Hopefully, again, one of those teams is Monticello. I'll tell you what, Dave Leak, since the Sages are starting right now, we had the chance to catch up with Kevin Roy, uh, their award-winning head coach, Colin Likas, did after their um, win over El Paso Gridley in the sectional title game, 51-46. He talked about tonight's game. We better get him on the air right now. Talking with Monticello Boys basketball coach Kevin Roy, and obviously things worked out for a variety of reasons against El Paso Gridley. You utilized the six-player rotation, all seniors in that game. Uh, first of all, looking at two of the guards, two of the, the more undersized guards, for lack of a better phrase, on the floor, uh, Ben Cressup and Trevor Fox. Uh, just the grittiness that they play with. I know they kind of tend to bring different things to the table. Ben usually brings a little more scoring than Trevor does, but both of them are just in there battling. And uh, we saw both of them get taken down to the floor at different times in that game, just get back up and, and keep plugging along. That's kind of been the story of their seasons, I feel like. Yeah, they bounce really well. They, they're they not afraid to get their nose in there, uh, be aggressive. Uh, they just get after it. Uh, Trevor has taken a lot, all kinds of bumps and bruises and knocks this year. Uh, ben Cressup, uh, the same thing. They they really lead by example on, on effort and energy, and uh, our guys really thrive off of that. And when they see one player get on the floor and, and make an effort, they want to follow that up to reward that effort. To, uh, you know, they want them to uh, – you know, let their teammates down at that point after they've made such good effort uh, for a play, for the ball, whatever. But, uh, yeah, Ben uh, and, and Trevor both just go out and, again, they play within themselves. Uh, Trevor has the ability to score. Uh, doesn't always end up in the scoring column, but there's so many other things that don't show up on the stat sheet that he does for us and, and uh, you know, just the qualities that he brings us as a teammate his passing, uh, his tenacious defense, his ability to guard on the ball. Uh, but the other thing with Trevor is I love his help defense. He's able to rotate away and then still get back to his man. And then looking at two of the other guards, Dylan Genelik and Tristan Foran, maybe more well-known around the school for their exploits in, in their other sports or in the fall, soccer and football respectively, but still great basketball players in their own right. Definitely carving out roles there. They hit some clutch free throws in the fourth quarter against DPG. What can you say about what they've brought to the table and what's made you so comfortable using them in crunch time situations as well? Dylan is just so level-headed. 
he's got great composure. Uh, he understands the game uh, as well as anybody, if not better than anybody else on the court. Uh, so his ability just to be able to see, recognize, and control situations when the ball is in his hands is invaluable. Uh, he is undersized, but uh, he is so strong physically, and people don't realize how strong he is with the ball. Uh, he's able to guard guys bigger than him. He's able to guard guys that are smaller and quicker than him, uh, and, it, and it just shows how smart and, and competitive he is and uh, just how efficient he is as a player with uh, uh, Tristan Foran. Uh, just incredible footwork, shows great speed. Uh, his defense, uh, you know, he's just fun to – if you just watch him play defense on the ball – uh, he is so fast, uh, and again, very deceptive with how how quick he is and uh, how how fast his feet move, and he's able to take away angles and uh, get into position and, and just give guys all kinds of problems and give them fits uh, defensively. Uh, offensively, he, he's just been solid with the ball. He's hit some threes for us this year, uh, stepped up and uh, knocked down free throws for us uh, in, in the sectional championship game there. So just great competitor, uh, wants to win, incredible teammate, tremendous attitude you know if we had a sixth man uh, of the year award i mean he would definitely be uh the guy that would take that award this season just with his abilities and looking at the two other guys in the rotation there you've got joey sprinkle the uh starting quarterback for the football team but not afraid to body down in the paint and then uh tanner buner kemper a guy who uh, definitely fills a kind of a hybrid role as a guard forward I uh, can kind of put him anywhere on the court, and he was uh, having a great night uh, before he ran into foul trouble against DPG. Uh, just how having those two guys on the floor, how important is that? Uh, considering you know we've just talked about kind of a host of undersized guards, and those two guys, you know, they keep people honest when they want to use maybe some bigger bodies against you. Yeah, Joey. Joey's just a great athlete you know he's got a good mind you can see that uh you know the, the quarterback experience they'll see the floor uh a good passer uh he just understands the game and positioning and uh his size his length uh is, is just able to uh, uh again he can guard guys that are a little bit bigger than him a lot of times he's quicker than the guys that he's guarding or the guy that's guarding him uh he's a tough matchup we feel like but uh he is our main guy uh, going to the boards, and uh, he, he knows that. Uh, so we try to keep him close to the basket, and he crashes the boards hard, uh, even if he can just get a tip on it and keep it alive. And then our other guards are Trevor and, and Ben and Dylan, and those guys uh, can pursue the ball and go get it. Uh, so just invaluable uh, what he brings to our team. Uh, again, just a great teammate, uh, as they all are. Uh, Tanner Benner Kemper, uh, I know I talked about him before, about uh, he's always been growing up as a guard, kind of a three-man. He's able to, been able to shoot the three and handle the ball a little bit. And, uh, you know, when we talked this summer about how he's going to fit in with our program and where we can use him, uh, we thought, well, he's going to be a good four-man with because uh, he finally shot up a few more inches and uh, as a four-man. I feel like he's a tough mismatch for other teams with his ability to shoot, handle the ball a little bit, and uh, and rebound as well. So, uh very very well balanced uh, again a, a golfer so he's got a good touch with the ball uh, another again very smart uh, makes good decisions uh, sees his teammates well good passer so uh, again these guys have played together for so long they know each other very well and and uh, uh, getting them to play within their abilities and again makes us make good decisions play together 
And then before we jump into the super sectional, just uh, looking at the rest of the roster, those guys who, you know, they, they maybe didn't get in the game against El Paso Gridley or in some other games, but I've seen you guys at practice. Everybody, you know, forms up in a circle before you really get going, and uh, everybody is, is together. There's that sense of unity. The other guys, you know, they're not outwardly showing that they're upset because the other guys are getting those minutes. How much have you appreciated the way that everybody else has come together uh, just during the course of this season? Uh, you know, again, I really like the kids that are in our program. Uh, they, they're they very respectful. Uh, they all like each other. Uh, they're great kids on the court, off the court, in the classroom. They take care of business, uh, and those are the priorities first. But, uh, yeah, they're just the maturity of the show. You know, I hope they're enjoying this run that they're going on, and I hope the younger guys are learning from it and seeing how the seniors are uh, responding and, and understand the time that they've put into it and uh, – and uh, that's how, you know, it's paying off for them. So uh, I'd look at it as a great experience for everybody, uh, for the program, uh, something for them to aspire to, uh, you know, in years to come. Uh, you know, one other senior with uh, Thomas Swartz, uh, you know, he's got given us minutes sporadically throughout the season, and he's just another solid senior that, uh, you know, is probably undersized, but he just plays so smart and he plays within himself. Uh, understands our defense, uh, you know, philosophies and what we do, and he does them so well. Uh, he's capable of shooting the three, and uh, you know, he's, his playing time has been sporadic. But every time I call on him, he comes in and brings something positive to the team, and, and uh, that's, that's hard to do being in that position when you're not sure where your playing time is going to be each game to game, and uh, being able to step on and uh, and contribute uh, within your ability, and he's done a phenomenal job of that. Looking ahead then to the Class 2A uh, Springfield Super Sectional uh, over at the Bank of Springfield Center, Monday night, 6 p.m. The opponent's a familiar one, Bloomington Central Catholic, Illini Prairie Conference rival. Uh, you've already had to face uh, one during the postseason, actually a couple. Um, but you guys played last on January 14th, Monticello picking up a 64-54 victory. Bloomington Central Catholic was 7-10 and at the time. Obviously, some things have changed, and I know they're a young team uh, but just what do you remember about that game, first of all, and what has the preparation been like for another familiar opponent in this postseason? Well, they they are obviously playing extremely well right now. They are a young group. Uh, they are playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, they're playing very aggressive. Uh, they've got multiple guys that can score different ways. They can handle the ball. They can attack and finish and get to the rim. Uh, Serta, their point guard, who's long and lanky, very athletic, can and he he can shoot it from 35 just about any time he crosses half court. You got to be on him because he's got the ability to score and score quick. He's got a really quick release. He can get to the paint and rise up and elevate and shoot over the defense pretty easily. Uh, they've got a big boy uh, underneath uh, number 24 Hayes, who's uh, you know just a tough matchup for Joey. Uh, big body, good footwork, uh, scores around the basket, uh, great rebounder. And then they just have so many other guards around there that can do very similar things that we can do. So uh, it's going to be a good game, uh, tough matchup for us. Uh, you know, obviously our guys believe in ourselves, but uh, uh, we got to respect what they have done uh, and how much they have improved. It uh, looks like they're playing more zone right now with a, a one three one type zone and using their length to come out and, and be able to pressure guards. And, um, you know, with their length, that could sometimes give us problems. 
uh, we just got to make sure we take care of the ball and uh, again play one possession at a time and, and play great defense and keep them off the boards. All right, Kevin Roy, Monticello head coach, uh, joined uh, Colin Likas. We have an update, courtesy Matt Daniels, who just rolled into the studio yeah, from his Kev- last radio show. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Roy is probably uh, addressing his team right now. It's the, the first quarter has ended at Springfield, and, and Monticello is leading Bloomington Central Catholic 9-8 to eight through right. the first quarter. All right, we'll have updates throughout. And again, Colin will join us at halftime. If you're on Snapchat, follow along, News Gazette. Lauren Tate made a Snapchat uh, um I guess debut tonight. That's that's a big deal. It is a that's big huge, deal, and he seemed news. very happy. He's, <laughs> was, uh, was that his choice? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, tell you what, uh, we're going to take our first break. We'll be back with uh, Mark Shagnon when we get back. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to start your journey than at the University of Illinois Army ROTC program. Whether your goal is to cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, Army ROTC can help make your goals a reality. Become a leader and serve your country, all without sacrificing your college experience. Students who enroll in Army ROTC are eligible for merit-based scholarships, tuition waivers, plus a monthly stipend for personal expenses. Visit publish.illinois.edu to learn more about the University of Illinois Army ROTC. This week's Fighting Illini Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. 6.15, Jim Ross with Matt Daniels, Dave Leak. Uh, final episode of the UI ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential for the year going out on a high note. Uh, following us will be Brad Underwood at Papa Dell's. That should be rocking. Papa Dell's was very crowded on my drive. Already? Uh, already. Uh, at South Neal Street, coming back here from the Esquire. All right. Uh, Ed Bond is going to have a flyer there. You're going to see a front page. You've seen it already on social media, but our front page is celebrating Illinois' amazing win last night that you can purchase and hang in the family room. Uh, but uh, there'll be plenty of those there at Papa Dell's. Uh, but we've got some prep basketball to get to. First, we've got a special guest today, Mark Shagnon, who many of us know as a coach at some level at basketball, uh, but we're thankful he made it tonight because he was in the, the State Farm Center last night and somehow <laughs> survived the rushing of the floor. It was weird. I was watching on TV, and I saw Mark just kind of lead the lead the charge. <laughs> he the was court. the guy? Yeah. <laughs> That'll get you a fine. <laughs> anyway, Mark, uh, this week um, the, is one of the, the 17 hosts. Uh, I guess start with that, Mark. What uh, What do you got to do this week? Well, I, as a as a team host, uh, as soon as we know tonight uh, who the winner is of the super sectionals, mm-hmm. uh, we will then reach out to their athletic director, uh, and or principal and or coach, but probably AD, and introduce ourselves and tell them that we I am the host for your team. Um, I'm sure you know the hotel you're staying in, but I've been to I've been to the hotel. I've talked to the manager. I wanted to find out everything I could about this place. And she was very good, um, so I know what's going on there, and I want to find out their itinerary. When are they going to come to town? Mm-hmm. Uh, when's the team going to be here? I want to be there to greet them, um, tell them about what, what opportunities there are in Champaign, ask them what they need. Uh, but then on the day uh, that they will play, and I'm, I'm hosting a 3A team, the, the winner out of the uh, Ottawa uh, Super Sectional. And they will be playing at 11. Well, I think there's, they're the second 11 game on 45 Friday. 11.45 is approximately on, on start Friday. time on Friday. And um, uh, they're, the, the, they've lined up a police escort mm. for the teams to the stadium. So I've got to find out when the coach wants to come and then say to the 
you know, police officers. This is when they want you at the hotel to take them to the stadium. So, okay. And then I'll meet them there in the tunnel and, and take them to their, their locker room and, and show them where their locker room is going to be. And, and then I'll sit behind the team during the game. Uh, and, and if they win, and then we, we play Saturday night. Mm-hmm. There'll be a great championship. If they lose, they'll play in a third, third place game Friday night. All right, Visit Champaign County's lined up all these volunteer hosts. It's a part of the uh, getting the tournament back into town. A big deal uh, yes. to show them. And is it true that you get to call the first play uh, <laughs> as a host? A- absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I told the coach I'm right behind him. And uh, if, if he gets a little panicky, just to turn to me, and I, I've got some plays already drawn up. So. Well, Metamore's got a high flyer, and Ethan Kaiser, he uh, likes to like, get some alley-oops, so maybe you can just draw up a backdoor screen for uh, for the, the no, potters right no, away. No, I think I'll use the Red uh, Coach Underwood's backdoor. I think <laughs> his, his, to the Kofi, I like that. So. Hey, we got a special section coming in Thursday's News Gazette, um, kind of previewing the whole tournament, and part of that is introducing all these hosts. Mark was uh, grilled with some tough questions <laughs> about his favorite uh, – what he'd show off in town, and uh, maybe your favorite IHSA memory. Now you're a longtime basketball fan. What is your earliest state tournament memory for the IHSA? Well, it, it, it's not a it's not a memory that I have that I actually saw the games, but I grew up in a family where my grandfather Stanley A. Shagnon mm-hmm. was the coach at Mount Vernon High School oh. in Southern Illinois. And my grandpa, his team in 1949, uh, won the state championship. Um, and they actually, they beat, uh, at that year, they beat Danville. And um, they beat him 45 to 39. And when they got back to Mount Vernon, uh, there was a lot of hoopla and big things going on at the gym. And my grandpa, a very humble man, said, I can't go to the gym right now. I got to go home and make sure the, the furnace is running. I got to get the pole stuff. <laughs> And people are like, what? Uh, so he was not into the big-time big, big time show. But the telephone company called and said, we want to do something for you. What do you? They changed his phone number to 4539 wow. in Mount Vernon. So his phone number was changed. And then the next year they came back in 1950, and they won the state championship again with a 33-0 and record. Mm-hmm. So the year before they were, I think, 30-2, and, and two, and then they came back the next year and won at 33-0. and zero. So – in two years, they won 63 games and lost two. Um, and they had players that Max Hooper came on to Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, Eddie King and, and John Riley went on to Bradley University. But I grew up in a family, uh, Jim, that I would go to Mount Vernon for Thanksgiving with my family. Sure. And I'm three, four, five, six, seven years old. And what we would do is we would talk basketball around the kitchen table and then go to the Mount Vernon Rams high school games because my uncle was playing there. And ironically, uh, we just named the, the Centennial Gym uh, for Coleman Carradine. Mm-hmm. Well, Coleman was the first freshman to ever play on the Mount Vernon varsity basketball team. And my uncle was a junior. And I saved the picture, the team picture of that year, the 1957 Mount Vernon Rams team. And I gave that to Jason Carradine when oh, he was here for, the, awesome. for the, uh, the gym being put in his grandpa's name. So 60 years later after Mount Vernon wins the state mm-hmm. title, you were a, a big hand in, in Centennial winning a state title well, in 2009. I was tremendously blessed, man. I, um, I, I took with me to that uh, 2009 trip to state with some outstanding basketball players. Uh, we were very blessed, um, and I was blessed to be the freshman coach for four years and be an assistant on the varsity. Uh, when I went to that game, uh, it was 60 years from the time that my grandfather won the Mount Vernon uh, first in 49, and they had given him a pocket watch. 
the coaches had had inscribed 49 50 state champs and this is from mm-hmm. his assistant assistant coaches well before the game uh when we played uh north lawndale uh the the newspapers were all lawndale is going to beat centennial it's going to be it's all over they shouldn't be here and all this kind of stuff i stood up i asked coach lavin if i could speak to the team and i told him the story of my grandfather winning in 1949 and I said, this is his watch. And I said, I want each one of you to touch this watch, pass it around the room, because it's got some special magic in it. And what it is, it's called winning. And I said, you guys are going to win today. Mm-hmm. And I have total faith in you. And I've got his watch in my hand. And we won that game. And there's a picture of me and James Kenny hugging, and I've got the watch in my hand. So um, very, very inspirational. All right. Th- something else. That headline was Superchargers. I can remember it uh, yep. to this day. There was a great celebration back at school uh, oh, after they won the title. Yep. And um, something we'll be doing tonight with Matt Daniels' help is we're putting out front pages of the News Gazette celebrating each of the 16 qualifiers. So follow along on Twitter and Snapchat if you're um, interested in that. Sage is up 21-12 to 12, uh, right now as we speak. Colin's going to join us in a little bit. But uh, – Mark, the Central made the the Final Four a couple of years um, uh, in that era. Mm-hmm. Centen- yes. And then Centennial won it. Uh, it's been a bit since the bigger schools have uh, made some serious runs. Uh, it, it, what's it going to take to get uh, CU back in the big school well, uh, arena? You know, Jim, one of the things that I've always talked about uh, in Champaign-Urbana is that we, you, especially in Champaign, there's three middle schools and you have two high schools. And so where are the kids going? And my grandfather back in Mount Vernon, he he helped select the best the coaches in the in the junior high schools back then, and they would run his offenses mm. and defenses mm-hmm. and presses and everything else. So children growing up in Mount Vernon were playing in basically in seventh, sixth, and seventh grade. They were playing his system and learning his system. Um, and I think that really led to uh, some outstanding seasons for my grandfather and the Mount Vernon Rams. That's what you're seeing with the Sages right now. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. The, the middle school uh, team and the, the, the seniors that the, the Sage Monticello has right now when they're in middle school, they went to state. And uh, Kevin Royds developed a system over there in, in Pyatt County. And, and that's just kind of been a continuing continuing factor. And, uh, you know, if they keep it up tonight against Bloomington Central Catholic, they'll play Thursday afternoon in, in a 2A state semifinal. Mark, for you, what is it like? I know you're going to have an intimate role in, in the state tournament this week being a host for a, a 3A school, either Metamore or Wheaton St. Francis. But what was it like for you seeing the IHSA boys basketball tournament back in Champaign? Oh, it, it, it's a beyond a thrill. It, it, it's, to me, this is where it is. This is where it's supposed to be. Um, my dad would share with stories of, of going to the basketball tournaments at Huff. And that's when the Sweet 16, mm-hmm. it was one class, so they, 16 teams would come. Mm-hmm. And there was, a, there was a sign, a big Illinois map on the wall, yeah. and every school that was coming, there was a light at that school. And if you lost, the light went out. And it, Dad said it was such a thrill uh, for him to be cheering for his father, the Mount Vernon team, even in, later in, the, in that time. They came back in 54 and won it again. They shouldn't, but they did. And um, they – and the light, having those two lights on, you know, yeah. to see your team and it's in the state championship, you we, know, that that was pretty pretty thrilling. We um, had the pleasure of uh, joining Ted Beach at a photo oh. shoot last week, and he he, he kept he kept talking about the light and the map and how cool that was at Huff. Yes, when uh, when Champagne High made it, right? Incredible. And yeah. uh, Ted was gracious enough uh, to join us with that huge trophy that Champagne High and Centennial is the same thing. Yep. 
uh, and he he seemed genuinely impacted by meeting that trophy again. And there's so many of that uh, age or that generation that it really meant so much to have the tournament here in town. Well, I, you know, when I after we won the state championship with Centennial, and I'm on the bus coming home, and I'm my wife had come over to watch the game, and she's driving home, and she called me from the car. She goes, "Honey, how do you feel?" And I said, oh, "This is the best day of my life." And she went, "Wait a minute, didn't you, you <laughs> hold on a second? Remember when we got married and had kids? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those are great days too. But for me, athletically, this is the greatest day of my life." And I said. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. And I, I did a scrapbook at the, uh, for the entire season. I still have it at home, and, and uh, I go to that every once in a while. I'll look at it from the time we played in the Lincoln Tournament all the mm-hmm. way till the state championship. And uh, someday I'll donate that to Centennial High School because it's, it's a great book. Well, great Mark, book. you mentioned, too, how, how blessed you were with the talents that, that you had oh. on that 2008-09 Centennial team. You had players like James Kinney. Ravante Rice, Jeff Johnson, Josh Piper, all four guys played Division One basketball. Yes. What was it like, though, getting them all to mesh together? And, and like you said, I know they kind of had the same system, but to to deliver kind of on the, the lofty expectations that they, that they had uh, all that winter. I, I, it, to me, it all comes back to team uh, leadership. Um, and, and, and James Kenny was a young man on that team as a senior who I think saw the potential in, in the group that he had and he took a real leadership role. He set the leadership in practice, he did it uh, on the floor, and he did everything right. So I think the team leadership that he showed was a great uh, a part of that. Yes, the talent was there, yeah. man, but the leadership that he showed in the locker room, on the basketball court practices was incredible. All right, 25-12 at the halftime. Um, Anacelo leads uh, Bloomington Central Catholic. We're gonna keep Mark around a little later, but um, after this break, Hopefully we'll get to Colin Likas from uh, midcourt for uh, uh, on the scene update. We'll be back after these messages. You're listening to the U of I Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential Show on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. 6.30. Jim Rosso, Matt Daniels, Mark Shagnon, Dave Leak. We're joined by Colin Likas live from Springfield, where the Sages are in command. Hi, Colin. Jim, Matt, thank you guys for holding down the Ford. Dave, I'm sure, is uh, keeping you guys in line, of course. Are you in the Monticello locker room right now, Colin? <laughs> no, I'm uh, out in the, the lobby, which is almost as loud as the uh, actual um, Bank of Springfield Center. So it's as far as I could go. Otherwise, I'm not allowed to come back in. All right, you give us, uh, give us the high sign when you have to get back for the start of the second half. Monticello looking good, I take it. Yeah, Monticello's looking great. Uh, the defense is really locked in, especially in the second quarter. Uh, only four points for BCC in that second quarter. Uh, Saints didn't score for almost four minutes to end the period. And, uh, yeah, Monticello's patience offensively is just really impressive. I've got Lauren Tate sitting next to me, and he's uh, he's marveling at some of the, uh, the patience and passing that Monticello has uh, been able to execute so far. Kylan, are you seeing any differences tonight from from the Sages? I know, obviously, big game. I think they struggled shooting the ball in the first quarter, but uh, they they played in big games all season. And, and what are you just seeing from this veteran team that that Monticello has? Yeah, defense is certainly not different. This is their their patented go to defense. They are, uh, I think, as Justin Bozart described it, inside your pants, which is certainly a, a funny expression, but I think it's apt. Uh, they, uh, they they are very much all over. You can tell BCC's young lineup is not enjoying playing against the defense. Uh, differently, though, uh, Monticello is shooting a ton of three-pointers. Um, they're, they're capable of shooting a ton of three-pointers. They've done it in the past, but 
you know, in the, in the game against El Paso Gridley, they were much more reliant on getting to the rim. Uh, tonight they have been fully committed to shooting a three-pointer in the face of what Bloomington's throwing at them as far as his own defense goes. Uh, didn't start hot, as you alluded to, but uh, in the third quarter or second quarter, they started off by hitting three consecutive threes, and uh, they've really gotten it rolling. I think they've had to have taken at least 15 three-point attempts so far. What's the scene like in Springfield? Does Monticello have a, a good support group? And uh, uh, also, how important is it to get a local team uh, to State Farm Center this week? Yeah, absolutely. Sport's great. Not surprising. We know when uh, Monticello football qualified for the state finals a few years back at, uh, uh, over in Champaign, they uh, brought a great crowd out, and this one's no different. Uh, you know, getting a team to the state finals locally is, uh, of course, important in the return to Champaign-Urbana, especially a program that's got a long history like Monticello. Uh, you know, they, they, they might not have all the basketball championships, but they certainly have a storied basketball history. Kevin Roy has done a really good job with this team, running the state back in 2017. I think uh, if, if Monticello is able to close this out against BCC, this is a really good first local representative for the return of state to Champaign. What are the keys in the second half for the Sages? Um, lock in defensively even more if possible. I mean, they... they it's completely flustered BCC by the end of that uh, by the end of that first half. I felt and they committed no fouls, which is absolutely crazy. That shows you how disciplined their defense is, and in addition to it being really exhausting. Uh, from there, I mean, if you keep that defense uh, locked in, uh, you can you don't have to shoot nearly as well as they did in the second quarter. It certainly makes it even better. Makes it where you know you don't have to worry about a fourth quarter rally from the Saints. But uh, I, I would say if the offense just runs, you know. 80-85% capacity, and they continue to play at this level of defense. I think they'll, they'll be in good shape. All right, that's Colin Likas. Uh, one more before we let you go. Follow along on Twitter if you're uh, looking for updates for the second half. Uh, Lauren Tate is a two-time Monticello High Hall of Famer. What's it like traveling with him to a Sages game? <laughs> we, we had a great trip. We had uh, plenty of stories at the time. Uh, as a Monticello athlete, he told me about a, a 30-foot buzzer beater he, he hit back in the day during his playing career. I don't know. Is there a uh, film of that, Colin? <laughs> I'll have to go find it. I think he said it, uh, it, it was used to beat the men, I think, in a, a rivalry game. So, uh, yeah, good trip over. Lauren's loving the game, and uh, he's uh, offering me his insights as well, which is certainly helpful. All right, Colin, enjoy the second half. We look forward to hearing you uh, tonight after the game. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Colin. Not kidding about Lauren Tate, and Mark, you can relate to this. Um, I've accompanied him to Monticello High School to speak to certain groups, and just walking the hallways with him where his pictures and plaques are on the wall. And the kids, again, uh, the small school, small community spirit is apparent because the kids who are, what, 70 years younger than him, 80 years younger, know of him and are in genuine awe when he came into the classroom. Yeah, that's, that's great awesome. stuff. That's great. I would urge everybody to walk into Monticello High School with Lauren Tate. There you go. No, it's. Uh, I, I think back to one of the first Illinois games I covered here almost 10 years ago and went up to talk to uh, one of the analysts working the game, and uh, Eric Collins was calling the game on BTN and heard what paper I was from, and all he said was, oh, that's Lauren Tate's paper. So <laughs> he's, uh, he, he's a living legend, and he's. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be watching the referees closely in the second <laughs> half over over in Springfield. All right, that's Matt Daniels. I'm Jim Rosso. Mark Chagna is with us uh, for 10 or so more minutes. Mark, um, uh, I know it was a big deal for Champaign to finally get it back. They had tried a couple times, right, since 95. Um, I guess what has to go right for Champaign to keep this tournament for maybe a long spell again? 
I think just to, uh, as any community, I think we need to be very welcoming to all the folks that come to town, whether they're going to restaurants, staying in hotels, uh, visiting any of our uh, places in, in the community. Uh, I know as a host, uh, I feel responsible for answering any and all questions that they may have. And if I don't have the answer, find it. Um, I, I've driven over and already met the manager of the hotel that my team will be staying in. I wanted to find out the facilities, what they offer. Do you have breakfast? Yes. How about laundry services for uniforms? I mean, I, I try to cover all the bases. And then uh, uh, we're going to be working with the University of Illinois Police. They're, they're going to offer a, uh, uh, they're going to, sh- I guess, have a police-driven uh, uh, ride to the stadium from the hotel for the team. So we're going to usher them in and, and, and bring them in that way. And uh, so then, and we've already been given a tour of the stadium and where their locker rooms are going to be. Uh, we're going to take them to their locker room. We're going to sit behind the bench. Coach, what do you need? You know that. So I'm excited about it. Just to be down on the floor again is going to be a lot of fun. Well, Mark, you experienced back in uh, your time at Centennial with the, their runs to state. Describe what a frenetic slash exciting slash crazy time the week of the state tournament is for area for teams that make it this far it's a well it's it's it happens very quickly Mm -hmm. um and a lot of things are going on very quick you can't it's not that slow easy pace it's Mm -hmm. a much faster pace you got to make decisions quicker um and as a team you got to like well where can i practice when can i practice and how do i keep them not getting distracted and how can i keep them focused on what we've got to what we've got to do um, and then because you've got parents, I need tickets, and Uncle Joe wants to go to the game, and hey, could you get it? And there's all this distractions going on, so it's hard to keep it all in place. And yet at the same time, you want the student athletes to enjoy themselves and to remember this experience for the rest of their life because it is. To get to this point, uh, as we all know, watching Illinois win the you know, co-championship last night, that doesn't happen a lot. And, and when it does, it's really special. And I think everybody that was in that uh, arena last night will always remember the feeling that they had when that basket was rebounded and then Trent was going down the floor with the, with the dribble. And then for yeah. him to have that at that point in time, I thought, how wonderful for that. You know, That so, Illinois basketball history certainly is uh, one of the uh, neat things that uh, oh, Champaign has on its side. Yes. I think one of these kids, especially now when Illinois is at the peak of its program, right. Uh, coming down here and getting a chance to see a renovated arena. Yes. And uh, who knows, you might uh, bump into Coach Underwood before he leaves to Indianapolis. Uh, and that's got to be a thrill for a yeah, lot of these kids. I think it is. And I think it's a thrill for a lot of the coaches and, and anybody else that's coming here to just to see the arena and to be in that place and to play ball there is going to be a real, really special. New format that the HSA is unveiling this year, having all four classes in, in one three-day window here. In the past, they'd have 1A and 2A and, and the way past when it used to be in Champaign, the two-class system is class A, class AA. They'd have them on separate weekends. This year now, kind of a condensed schedule. Mark, what do you think of, of the new format at all the HSA is uh, debuting this year? Um, let me tell you about that when it's over. <laughs> uh, it, it, right now, I feel it's going to be overwhelming. Uh, but at the same time, for a basketball junkie, you could just come to Champaign mm-hmm. and spend three days here and just watch a bunch of basketball. And it, and all the best teams are coming. So get your tickets, come on in, and, and, and get your popcorn, and let's watch some big, good basketball. All right, I'm a... A native Hoosier, Mark, so I can tell you We how, hear about uh, that often. <laughs> <laughs> how Indiana threw a fit when they dropped the – when they expanded from one class. Uh, there was some disagreement, maybe among others, about when they went to four classes in Illinois. Is it working? Uh, would you ever see a, a return to maybe two classes? 
I don't know. I, I don't think I don't think once you've taken that step, I don't think you'll see it come back. Um, but it, it, because of travel, because of uh, finding schools, I mean, for for two teams to have to go from uh, what Quincy had to play uh, normal community in, I mean, Collinsville, Collinsville, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, uh, or Springfield Grip had to play over here in, in Danville, Danville. Mm-hmm. against yeah. Decatur. Like uh, Mo- Moline had to go to Manuka, I believe, right. earlier this so postseason. Right. So it's like. You know, we we may have to do some figuring about about you know travel and and where people are going, but um, it gives more opportunities, as they say, for more more schools to get to the state tournament and and to have a chance to win. So uh, I don't think the one thing that's definitely not going to change because it's been this way since they, I should say started the boys basketball tournament in 1908 is third place games, and and this year third place games are it's going to be interesting i talked to craig anderson the ihsa executive director about a month ago about this wrote about this a couple weeks ago they're having the third place games in in prime time on the thursday night and friday night thursday night will be the 1a third place game at seven followed by the 2a third place game and then on friday night you know friday night high school basketball you think marquee events that's gonna be the 3a 4a third place game what do you what, what's your take on third place games from your experience coaching? I know Centennial played in one in right, 2010 and right and uh, Central year, Central played in Central. 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played in a third place game. I personally I I told the team, uh you know, you got beat. Uh we're not going to go back out and, and and play for the state championship again. So, uh but don't you want to have the last game of your high school career if you're a senior as a win? And I I think there's a lot of inspiration in that. So, I, as a coach, would be would be talking about that, saying let's go out as a winner, and 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 make that third place game something meaningful. And I, I think by putting it in the evenings like this is going to make it a lot more meaningful. All right, grandfather's uh, Mount Vernon team against uh, this year's Glenbard West team. Uh, <laughs> who who well, comes I, out on top? That's my way of asking: Is basketball better today, Mark, at the high school level than, or is it comparable? I don't. It's not even comparable. I've watched so many tapes of my grandfather's teams on. T, you know, they filmed them back then, and um, you know the the passing was slower. The movements were slower. They were much more deliberate. Uh, Max Hooper would catch the ball down low, fake, turn, shoot. But you know, Max scored thirty six points in the championship game. So it's. You know, but it, that was a different time. You know, they maybe they were as fast, but I don't think so. Maybe they were as athletic, but I don't think so. There's not as much weight training back then. There wasn't. You know, it was just you know, my grandfather was the trainer. You pull a muscle, he's wrapping. Uh, <laughs> in other words, he's wrapping legs, he's wrapping ankles, is trying to keep people together. And now they've got trainers, they've got weight rooms. It's a whole different different ball game. Do you think any coaches pull out a tape measure in the next three days to <laughs> yeah. let everyone know back? Hey, it's, yeah, the, it's the, 15 the feet, still 10, 10, 10 feet tall. I love that, and I still go back. I, that's my favorite movie of all time, but my wife drives her nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and I, ha- you know, she said, why did they have to call it Hoosiers? I said, because of Jim Ross. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, what kind of attendance do you think uh, should we expect, and is there a, maybe a level that uh, we need to hit for it to be considered a success, you know, I haven't, I haven't talked to anybody there. That that's not my 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 wheelhouse. But my feeling would be that if we're having it here and I've got a team coming, I hope the whole city just packs it up and come on down. Let's go, and I I'm I'm hoping that we can at least fill the A and B area of the of the, of the stadium as I remember it A and B. I'm old, um, but and even get up in the in the upper upper deck too. But um, I'd love to see that place uh, at least ten thousand people in there to watch some basketball because it's high school basketball is really good and that some of the teams gonna that are gonna be coming down here are gonna be outstanding. So well, right. you, you talked about your uh, the Mount Vernon teams that your grandpa coached. Yes. 
any other teams just from over the years watching that played here in Champaign? You know, you think of, of Thornridge with Quinn Buckner. You think well, of Marty Simmons with Lawrenceville. Any teams that and players that maybe stand out to you at all? That oh, well, over the, the Blonde Bomber, you know, you know, coming in and shooting balls and from everywhere and hitting. But the Thornridge team in, in 19, I think they beat um, – they came one year and they won when they were juniors and they won. That was fifty-two mm-hmm. to fifty, and they beat. I can't remember the team they beat. But then they came back the next year and beat Gale, Galesburg or Quincy. Quincy. One of those. One, one of those, those Western two. Illinois. And it was teams. it was like a hundred and four to sixty. It, it, I've never seen a high school team. And Dalton Thornridge was the most mm-hmm. impressive high school basketball team I think I'd ever seen. And I to this day I think they could beat people in the state. I really do. They All right, were, Mark. What's uh, what's keeping you busy these days? Oh, uh, you know, retirement's a blast. You can do what you want to do when you want to do it. Um, I, I've been uh, fortunate. I'm doing some work out at uh, Dave's Old Play, Parkland College. I'm, I, I started a, a, a program called Cobra Venture for uh, entrepreneurial students, and it's been very successful, and I, I'm enjoying that part-time gig. And uh, I'm not coaching anymore. I go watch some games. I support players that I've had in the past. I stay in touch with a lot of players. Um, and help them get internships and help them get, you know, talk to them about their careers and stuff like that, Jim. And and then my, I'm very involved with our CU Qantas Club, and we're getting ready mm-hmm. to do the uh, University of Illinois Men's Basketball Banquet on April, April 11th. And we've done that, and I think it's going to be close to our – it's a 99th year we've supported this or 98th year, but – uh, our Qantas Club is sponsoring their basketball banquet, and we're excited about that coming up. So. Hey, them. Uh, it could be a fun, fun oh, banquet. Oh, it's, it's going to be big. Ball bounces it's the right big, way baby. Uh, here the next month. All right, Mark Shagna, thank you very much for joining us. Check him out at State Farm Center the, later this week as uh, hosting his team and uh, enjoying the tournament. Thank all right. you. Thank you all. Thanks, Mark. Tell you what, we'll uh, take our final break right now. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no bigger place to start your journey than at the University of Illinois Army ROTC program. Whether your goal is to cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, Army ROTC can help you make your goals a reality, become a leader, and serve your country all without sacrificing your college experience. Students who enroll in Army ROTC are eligible for merit-based scholarships, tuition waivers, plus a monthly stipend for personal expenses. Visit publish.illinois.edu to learn more about the University of Illinois Army ROTC. This week's Fighting Illini Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. 6.47, Jim Rosso, Matt Daniels, Dave Leak. Thank you, Mark Shagman. That was great stuff. Love hearing Mount Vernon stories. And you bring Coleman Carradine into the equation. I'm all ears. I uh, I played against Mount Vernon back in my glory days as mm-hmm. a Edwardsville High School boys basketball player, and yeah. I, I know how tough and gritty those Rams can be. So I made yeah. some trips to Mount Vernon and uh, down there and played them in Salem Invitational down there a couple times. So yeah, it's a storied basketball program. But that that's that's true for a lot of high schools in this this mm-hmm. great state. You go down Southern Illinois; those are the, the schools that are probably really thankful that Champagne's back in the equation. I know. Uh, Schools like Centralia mm-hmm. and uh, West Frankfurt. Yeah, uh, looking uh, looking back in the archives last week at the Urbana Free Library, they were mentioned quite a bit. Uh, they must have been a powerhouse. Yeah, I mean, you got uh, you got two super sectionals going down tonight in, in Carbondale, uh, Steelville, and, and Meridian are playing right now, and in one A, and then two A later is basically two Southern Illinois powers in, in Teotopolis and, and Nashville, and 
you'd have to think the last one that left Teotopolis turned the lights out uh, before mm-hmm. making the trip down I I fifty seven there to Carbondale and yeah that's just what's fun it, it's different this year with the the super sectional games being on a Monday night I think we've gotten so used to to having them be on on Tuesday nights in the past and uh, I think it's going to take a while to kind of get adjusted to the the new format and and the new schedules I'm real curious to see what uh, what attendance is going to be like here in Champaign of course the HSA hasn't publicly released attendance figures for almost two decades. Uh, state tournament games um i remember talking to the old ihsa the former ihsa executive director uh, marty hickman about eight nine years ago and he said oh you had no reason not to and they just didn't mm-hmm. um but i mean like we mentioned earlier history is on champagne side and i think that's something that they've got to play up big and often and just keep repeating that over and over again yeah, attendance was uh, the bugaboo. Uh, has been for a long time. That's a lot of the talk about the four classes and mm-hmm. such. But uh, yeah, University of Illinois has probably a little better draw than Peoria. No offense to the fine folks at Peoria, but uh, it's uh, like you said, a visit to a Big Ten campus it might be a little more. Yeah, and I think there's just a different, uh, different mood, a different you know kind of vibe when you your bus pulls up to State Farm Center and you see that iconic venue and. Uh, you know, you think back to, to Hoop Dreams too, and uh, that that great document, uh, that great film in the mid '90s, and Arthur Agee and Chicago Marshall coming to play here in Champaign, and all the folks flocking into the Assembly Hall, and you know Peoria. Uh, you know, I think they did it right for a while there, and I think interest kind of went. I think the four class system had a lot to do with kind of attendance dipping as well. But I mean, no offense to the Civic Center, but Carver Arena is just kind of a it's just a gym mm-hmm. and especially with all the upgrades that state farm center has done and, and the renovations that have taken place there uh, i think it's just one of the premier uh venues uh for basketball in the state of illinois and uh, just eager to see uh what it's going to be like here the, later this week hey we'd like to thank the uirotc for um, the, putting on the show all year long we've had a ball we've had a blast some of the neater moments is uh when we've had our players of the week visit uh, which we'll have one more on wednesday stop by uh, here's the clue. We'll announce him later. He's from Monticello. Right? <laughs> it's the only team that we have playing. Uh, we should have had Tuscola yeah, dogged on it. And was, uh, uh, if anybody had a chance to see that uh, video of the Meridian kid uh, hoisting from 60-plus feet, um, I don't even know how Tuscola uh, – I don't know how you defend that. I don't I mean, know how you react to that, yeah. but they did it professionally, and congrats mm-hmm. to the Warriors, but what a heartbreaking way to go. Yeah, I was down in Tuscola uh, last Wednesday, uh, was there, and uh, Alyssa Williams, their, their girls track and field standout, signed with Murray State, and it felt like the entire school was in the gym to help celebrate that that ceremony, and then the boys' basketball team got to practicing right after that, and um, you know, talking to Justin Bozarth and, and Jalen Quinn, the, the standout uh, senior for Tuscola, you know, they felt pretty confident going into the game against Meridian. They'd played, they'd played the Hawks twice already this season, lost a, a close one in, in overtime in the regular season and beat them in the CIC tournament championship. And yeah, just a, a heartbreaking way to end uh, a season. Just, it sounds like a thrilling game uh, that they were at uh, on Friday night, double overtime, 82, 79. I mean, that, that kind of epitomizes what high school boys basketball can be like in this state. And, uh, yeah, just this a devastating end, but, uh, you know, lots, uh, lots more good, 
good times coming for that group in that program. Almost getting to 30 wins this year. Jalen Quinn's going to play at little, little Chicago. So they've they've left their mark in Douglas County. All right, give me an update, uh, Maddie. Well, yeah, uh, last I checked, uh, Monticello was leading Bloomington Central Catholic 35-22, courtesy of Colin Likas' updates midway through the third quarter uh, over in Springfield. So uh, looking good right now for the Sages. Again, uh, check uh, News Gazette uh, Twitter and NG Preps Twitter all night as we will be releasing fr- front pages of the News Gazette celebrating all 16 winners. We'll know by the end of the night uh, who's coming to Champaign. Maddie, is there one school that has to make it uh, to to make sure there are fans? Besides Monticello, which uh, the Sagers are now at 46-27 yeah. uh, through three quarters. But the big draw, I think, for this week here in Champaign uh, is Glenbard West, uh, Class 4A powerhouse this season. They, they've never made it this far before. They're playing in a super sectional tonight up in DeKalb against Larkin, a team they've already beaten this year. Uh, the Hilltoppers are 34-1 and this season. Their only loss this season was to Sierra Canyon out of California, which features Bronny James, the son of LeBron James. They played at Wintrust Arena in Chicago in early February in a game that was kind of set up. And uh, Too bad that Glenbard West isn't still unbeaten. Uh, we haven't had an undefeated state champion since Seneca in 2006 in the state of Illinois. But they've got arguably one of the top players in the state in Braden Huff, uh, 6'9", versatile, uh, kind of a stretch four, signed with Gonzaga. Uh, he'll get a play for former Illini Roger Powell Jr. Uh, next season out in Spokane. Uh, and their town of Glen Allen up there has just fully embraced what Glenbard West basketball has done. Traditionally known more as a football school. Uh, if they win tonight, uh, that'll be kind of one of our stories too in, in our special section coming out on Thursday. Uh, we had Gavin Good, one of our writers, up in Bartlett last week and just seeing some of the photos he took and, and sent in and also some of the video he shot on social media. I mean, there were probably basically the entire student body I felt for Glenbard West was out in Bartlett. And that's a team that's from the Chicago suburbs that if they make it to Champaign, uh, they would play Friday afternoon in the class four state semifinals. I have a feeling they would fill half the arena, if not more state farm center. Hey, I'm excited to show off the news Gazette and what we can do. Um, we were not quite, uh, uh, running things when it was last year. Uh, back I was in the early nine. 90s. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, but uh, it's always a tricky balancing act with Illinois basketball. And of yeah. course, we'll be all over uh, that action in Indianapolis. But we are going to show some um, special love uh, to the IHSA uh, this week. Yeah, exactly. And I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, that was something that when the IHSA awarded the, the contract to Champaign back in June 2020, uh, that was something, you know, thought about this day for quite some time now that the week is finally here just just eager to show off what we can do um you know we've got uh, we'll have tons of coverage throughout the week uh we've we'll have all teams rosters for all 16 teams we have team photos we've got uh some cool features coming up on the teams that'll that'll be here uh, a lot of info Kyle Nikes is going to be writing a lot this week and he'll be basically have to spend the night at State Farm Center uh, the rest of the week, but no, looking forward to it. Hey, don't tell Colin, but since he's not here, I'm going to ask you, who's our player of the year? Uh, well, it's a guy that uh, is well-known to area basketball fans. Um, I don't. If you want me to spill the beans, no, I can. No, I don't want you. I thought you were still deciding. No, actually. I mean, it's pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty cut and dry, I'd say. If you've been paying attention to high school basketball <laughs> this season, there's a, uh, a certain player, let's just say he – Live south of Champaign. Okay. Um, uh-huh. That uh, is, is definitely worthy of it. We haven't, again, this is not official, but unofficially, this is the clear front runner. Again, we ask okay. all of our 
area coaches for their input. We take that into stock uh, when we make these decisions and select our all area teams. But no, I'd, I have a pretty good okay. feeling. If you know high school basketball in this area, you know who our players are. Again, teams. digging through those archives, I was so enamored by the old all-area teams. The haircuts. Uh, and the, the haircuts. The well, shorts. we used to do this until COVID, and mm-hmm. uh, we used to gather, yeah. and it was such a big event for a lot of these kids. Mm-hmm. And we hope to one day get back to that, maybe yeah. as soon as uh, maybe this school year, the spring, when things are loosened mm-hmm. up, but certainly next year. And uh, I know it means a lot to the kids, and it's uh, we put a lot of effort and uh, resources into it, and uh, it looks very cool. proud of it. It looks cool when you've got eight or nine guys from different schools all in their uniforms all together for a photo. All right, our uh, final uh, player of the week, our UIROTZ Athlete of the Week, goes to... Uh, Ben Cressif, senior guard for for Monticello. Uh, He's kind of been the the clear-cut leader this entire season for the Sages. Not the biggest basketball player out there. Stands only about 5'9", 165 pounds soaking wet. Uh, but he averages almost 15 points a game, had a really good game against El Paso Gridley last Friday in their, their sectional title win. And, and the key for him, too, not just with what he does offensively, but it's what he does defensively, too. Mm-hmm. And that's something that this Monticello team has really prided itself on this season. And if they are to be the last team standing in Class 2A this year, it's going to be based on their defense. And, and Cressup is the guy that kind of leads the charge. He's kind of that quintessential senior leader that you need on on a small school basketball team and, and he certainly fits the bill all right if he has any time come here <laughs> maybe he'll bring the state championship trophy wednesday week. night and yeah. uh, receive his really cool plaque uh, from the uirotc gang and he then, might be busy preparing for a state ah, semifinal. come on what's more important a plaque it's, he can he can, he can drive by thing. uh drive by uh state farm center on the way well, it's been a blast this year, uh, Matt. Looking forward to a, uh, like you said, a whole another week of coverage, and then on to our all area and all state teams. Wish there were a few more Illinois recruits playing here this week. Yeah, Ty Rogers and Thornton knocked got knocked out by uh, Lamont on Friday night in a sectional final. Uh, Ty Pence and Saint Joseph Ogden got knocked out last week. Uh, there is a walk on from Glenbard West, though. The name escapes me right now. Uh, he's already committed to walk on to Illinois next season. So uh, if they Hilltoppers make it down here, you can check him out. Kenwood, uh, they're playing tonight against Saint Rita, or not not against Saint Rita. They beat Saint Rita on Friday. They're playing Whitney Young tonight. But Kenwood's got three guys with Illinois offers. Day Day. Data Ames, Bryce Hurd, and Darius Laurie. So those are some names to keep an eye on if uh, if Kenwood's able to make it down here. Gut feeling you're a St. Joe guy. Man, what's Ty Pence uh, going to do? Uh, he's got uh, got a lot of offers right now, 12. Uh, you know, Illinois being among them. Uh, he had a really good season. Uh, impressed me when they beat Unity for a regional title game. The game just kind of comes so easily to him at times where he can just take simply take over in stretches of games. Uh, I think it's all kind of about a fit. Um, you know, Iowa State, Loyola Chicago, uh, Butler, you know, those schools, I think, have, have kind of really put the, the full court press on it all. But he's still got time to decide in the spring AU season to, to play and, and see where it all sorts itself out. All right, that's Matt Daniels, uh, sports editor of the finest sports section you're going to find around in the state. Check out his work. Uh, I just tried to do what Jim did for so many years. <laughs> all all week long, starting, uh, shoot, tomorrow, when the Monticello <laughs> Sages and their celebratory fans will make the Front page. Well, I'll be. Of the News Gazette. Did you like the headline? I Saturday, did like Jim? that. So did Vic Zimmerman, superintendent. Yeah. He uh, he was all about that. Anyway, thanks uh, for everyone for listening throughout this year. We're off to Brad Underwood at Papa Dell's. We'll see you next season.